Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures. They offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Here endeth the reading of today's lesson. Last night, as we joined together in our worship, we tried to think of the gifts that God gave us at Christmas. Today, on Christmas Day, we want to look at the gifts which we can give to God. And I think we can get some clue from those people that the Bible calls wise. And that's the ironic part about it because there's very little wisdom and knowledge that we have about the wise men of Matthew's gospel. Tradition tells us that there were three of them. The Bible doesn't tell us if there were three or thirty. There might have been sixty of them. Tradition names them Casper, Melchior, Balthazar. The Bible doesn't give one of them even an initial. The Bible says that they are from the east. We have no idea from what town. Bible scholars now for 2,000 years have been arguing amongst themselves as to the precise moment when the wise men arrived. Was it two weeks, two months, or two years after the birth of Jesus? And the Bible doesn't help us to specify the date or the hour. Now, as a matter of fact, the only thing the only thing 
that the Bible tells us about the wise people is that they brought gifts. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is our clue. Those are the gifts which on this Christmas day we can bring and give to God. Yes, but what is gold? We know what that is. But what's frankincense and myrrh? These are things that Kaufmans do not sell even in the bargain basement. How do we know what these gifts are so that we can give them? I think we all know what gold stands for. But if not for the sake of today's sermon, let us think of our gifts of gold standing for those obvious treasures of substance. Those obvious treasures of substance. The greatest of which is money. We like to think that money can buy or get most anything, and it can, with the exception of health. Money usually can do most anything. There's a few things it can't do, but one of the things it can do, it can be used as a gift to worship God. Now that may sound strange, especially to those people who don't like to put too much in the offering plate. But believe me, God is interested in your obvious treasure of money. You ever realize it? Jesus talks more about money than he does any other subject in all of the Gospels. And he does this as the Son of God, not because he and the Father are money-hungry or that they need it or that they want it. Heaven to Betsy, Almighty God was around a long time before the Almighty Dollar. God created this whole monetary system and he created it for our good. For God does not make anything but that which is good. Now, God is interested in our money because he knows how interested we are in this obvious material treasure. That's why he tells us that money, that particular material treasure, is an offering, a gift that is acceptable unto him. He knows that the love of money is the root of all evil. Why, well, he teaches that. And he knows also that wherever a man or a woman has his or her purse, there is where the heart will be also. And God knows that if he teaches us to be people to bring our material gifts to him, he will have our hearts. And that's what he's after. That's why, you see, he goes into great extent, especially in the Old Testament, to teach us how to tithe. That is a reasonable gift unto God. And the person who does tithe, regardless of what his income might be, he is the one who's in church. I look out, the tithers are here. Sure, because where your money is, where your investment is, there your heart will be also. And when you put that dollar or that $100 bill 
into that offering plate. That is a gift which you can bring to God. And don't let anybody ever tell you any differently. Because God is just as much interested in that material treasure that you have as you are. But there are other obvious material treasures. One of them is that one treasure that you prize that is the closest to you this very moment, your body. That big or little, well-trimmed, overfed, whatever it is, hunk of humanity that you carry and say, this is me. The Bible tells us that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That thing that you pamper, reduce, feed, take to the doctor and the hospital, that is the temple of God's Holy Spirit. God is in you, your body. And when you bring that body into worship, dressed the best that it can be dressed, whatever that means to you, presented as healthy as you can present it to God. When you take care of it and do not abuse it, misuse it, but use it correctly, you present a living sacrifice as a gift unto God. And oh, how God needs healthy bodies today to do his work in this world. We can't keep feeding them overly so, stuffing them, overindulging them with bad habits, and expect our gifts to be acceptable to the sight of God. That's gold, the obvious treasures of substance. But what's frankincense? Frankincense is a gum resin. It was used back in Bible days and which can represent our inward treasures of thought. It used to be, you see, that the priest would take the offerings which the people would bring and he would take this gum resin, this frankincense, and he would pour it over that offering and light the fire, and the temple would become filled with smoke and with a sweet-smelling savor. And that was the gift unto God. Now, we of the Protestant Presbyterian Church don't burn incense, though these candles here today give a little bit of a feeling to that effect. So we are not accustomed to worshiping in an atmosphere filled with incense and smoke. The last time, though, I was in Bethlehem of Israel, some of you were with me. You will remember that we went to the Church of the Nativity, that beautiful Christian church there in that little Christian village of Bethlehem. It's a beautiful church. You can go into the nave, and then up there in front is the altar, 
And on either side of the altar, there are staircases that go down to a room below. It's not a very big room. It's rather stuffy. It has all types of oriental rugs hanging on the, on the walls. And there, in one corner, is a star that is embedded into the floor. And that is supposed to mark the traditional spot where Jesus Christ was born. And over here, there's another little altar which is supposed to be the traditional spot of the manger where Mary laid that child in swaddling cloths. We had to wait for a while before we could go down and into that under room because a group before us, they were having worship in that great traditionally historic place. And I believe they were of the Coptic church or of some orthodox group. And when they were finished and came out, we went down and, ugh, the place was filled with a sweet-smelling odor. The smoke, though it was holy, was very, very heavy. It looked like downtown Pittsburgh at 5 o'clock in the afternoon before we had smoke control. It was really kind of offensive. But that was what was common to those people who are used to burning incense as a gift unto God. Now, we don't burn that kind of frankincense in our church, but we do believe that we are to bring the best of our thinking, the best of our influence, the best of our talents and ability. And when we bring those here together in worship, we believe that by the power and the fire of God's Holy Spirit, those talents, those gifts are ignited and we have holy smoke, holy happening. And we feel that our gifts are acceptable in God's sight. That is our frankincense. And when you walk in through that door and you bring your best mind, your best thoughts, your best concentration, when you stand and are willing to sing the hymns even when you don't feel like singing the hymns, when you come and you pay attention when even the late hour of last night wants you to sleep, when this choir comes, and how grateful we are for them, and they work, and they are concerned and, and try to their best of their ability, they are bringing a gift unto God. When you Sunday school teachers, when you don't wait till Saturday night, but when on Monday and Tuesday night you work and study and you pray over your children and you call them on the phone and you try to get the parents to catch on fire of what we're trying to do. When you come into that classroom prepared and expect things to happen, you are bringing a gift to God. When your little children come and dress the best that you can be and you come prepared and you're willing to listen to what that teacher in her or his talent brings to you, you are bringing a gift to God. When I stand in this pulpit, and no matter how tired or how hard I've been doing other things, when I come and I know I'm bringing my best, regardless of what others might think, I am bringing my gift of frankincense to God. And we are to bring gifts of myrrh 
I don't want to be morbid, but myrrh was the old-fashioned embalming fluid. It was used to numb pain, and it was used to petrify. It was myrrh, you know, that they offered to Jesus on the cross, which he refused because he was willing to give his pain unto God. Myrrh stands for the gifts which you and I can bring today, those deep treasures of pain and of suffering. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those are the most difficult gifts for us to give up. Not the money, not the best of our abilities, but the most costly and the hardest to give up are those deep, deep treasures of pain and suffering that we like to talk about and which we really don't want to give up. When you are willing to come and bring your pain, your suffering, your discouragement, your disappointment, your frustration, your hurt, and give it unto God, you are giving him the gift of your myrrh. How did Jesus put it? Come unto me, all ye that are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But so many of us like to take that pain, those insults, those hurts, and instead of bringing them to God, we like to take them to the coffee clutches, or to the cocktail parties, or to the local saloon, and talk about them and tell everybody about them. We don't give them up. We just drive them deeper when we do that. Bring your gifts of myrrh, those pains, those sufferings, those hurts. That's it. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you'll say to me, Dick, boy, those are expensive gifts. That's right, they are. Those are difficult gifts to bring. God never said it would be easy. And if you want to take an example, take the example from those people that the Bible call wise. <laughs> they had a terribly hard time coming to Jesus to bring the gifts that they had to give to God. Through hot days, cold nights, windstorm, sandstorm, they lost the star, you know, many times. They had to do the thing that is the most difficult for people who want to think of themselves as being wise. They had to ask a question of Herod. Where is he? They didn't know. But they kept on going. Many, many times they could have turned back. They would have had a good excuse to say, I can't bring my gifts. But no, they kept on coming. And they fell down eventually and worshipped and opened their gifts and treasures. And then we come to that key verse of this sermon's lesson, this lessons of the sermon. It says, And they went home to their own place by another way. Do you see? They were changed people and they went home another way because they brought their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
I'm going to ask all of you to do something today on your way home. This is not only Christmas 1977, but this is the last Sunday of the year. This is a day of new beginnings. This is a day when I think most of you are here because you wanted to bring gifts to God out of gratitude for all that he has given to you. I ask you as a symbol of your wanting to bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, please go home another way than you came. Most of us are creatures of habit, and if you go home normally down to the south, why not first go east and then go south? We're in no hurry today's a holiday and a holy day. If normally you go north, go west and then go north. Change your routine when you leave this place today and go home another way, signifying and perhaps talking about it with your family as you go home. The different person that you are going to be in 1978, a person who will be bringing gifts unto God of gold, frankincense and myrrh. You see, that's what Christmas is all about. God gave us Christmas so that we could become different people, new people. And if you want Christmas to be something more than just a date on the calendar, you must bring the gifts to God. And when you do that, there will be joy to the world.
Now may the joy, the peace, the power, and the love, and the new beginning that God expected for each one of us on Christmas be yours and come to all whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.